Um, before I start, I just want to ask real quick, um, like, see who's in the room, who's with me, like, what type of, like, leaders or... So first question I'm going to ask, since we're at a, a pastor kind of Christian leader concert, conference, who's, who's a pastor? Who would, whose job is to be a pastor? Like, your full-time job. Okay, awesome. And then just curious, who's a leader in your church? Like, you lead a group, you lead a, a ministry, you lead something in your church, okay? And, and then who's, who's what I would call just a regular guy? Okay. And then, by the way, uh, say your name, your wife's name again. Amanda. If I reference men a lot, I apologize. And uh, don't, don't take it personally. But uh, this is for women. My wife runs a Promise Principle group. So what we're doing with men, my wife is doing with women because there's a big need for it. And, um, and the Promise Principle part of what we're going to talk about, the actual group itself, the mechanics of the group is available right there. So this part we're not going to spend a lot of time on, the mechanics of like how to run a Promise Principle group. We're going to touch on it, but I'm going to pull some heartstrings first, and I'm going, to let, I'm going to let God basically illuminate to you whatever it is that's said that, that you need to apply to your life, okay? Because I'm just a guy here to deliver a message, and he's going to illuminate what, what your next steps are. But if you text the word PROMISE to 94,000, so for those listening, PROMISE to 94,000 in a text message, it will not add you to a list. It will simply bring you information, Okay. That's a River Valley website, but, um, but what it is is it gives the foundation, what we show to our men who are either interested in being in a group, like they want community, they don't know. Uh, let me pause real quick. The premise of a Promise Principle group is to um, help people understand how to hear God's voice through the mechanism of reading God's Word, okay? And um, I heard this said once, and I really like it, is that people typically don't have a problem with God. They have a problem with God's people. And... But, so then connecting with people is sometimes a, a challenge, or maybe it's a fear, because they've been hurt. Fair. It's fair, right? But at the same time, um, if they don't have a problem with God, why don't they ever read God's Word? The, the statistics are that people read God's Word once a month. Christians. Christians. And I think they're counting if they're in church, because once a month is once a month. So if they're coming to church weekly and Maybe they're not even coming to church weekly then. Maybe Christians in general aren't even going to church. If it's once a month average, like these statistics come from something, that's a problem, right? Because if, if in Romans 12, 2, it says that do not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can test and approve God's perfect will. If it says that, that's, that's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's God's telling you, don't conform to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's a truth promise and it engages us into action right if we really receive that verse for what it is this is what the promise principle teaches right here what i'm doing right now is what a man typically or a woman that's never read god's word outside of like hey i want you to read this chapter this week and you're like yes sir yes sir and then you read it and you're like okay i read it who's done that (laughs) right versus lord i'm going to read this with the intention for you to speak to me and i'm going to i'm going to as things like maybe you're reading a chapter, or maybe you're reading just one verse. But as I read this, something's going to jump, and something's going to pop into my mind. And then I'm going to evaluate, what is it? And in the promise principle, we talk about a promise, a truth, or a command. Okay? Because why? Because those produce actions. There's actions that follow if it's a promise, a truth, or a command. There's different actions. And, um, 
I'm going to I'm going to talk about that. But uh, before I before I do, I want to read a couple things. So in this session, I'm going to talk about how to activate your daily God connection. I'm going to I'm going to assume that everybody in here has a daily God connection. And if you don't, that was me six years ago. Okay, I've been a Christian a long time. I I was married actually in this church. I met my wife in this church. I was in the youth group in this church when I was a junior higher and I got kicked out. And uh, I was a pretty tough kid. I was pretty pretty rambunctious. Uh, when I got married, um, I didn't know this, but uh, many older people came up to me in the receiving line and said, just so you know, you got the princess of the church. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, like, sure, like, of course. But I understand now what that means. And so I have a testimony, and I'm not going to share my testimony today because that's not why I'm here. But the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And um, Mark said, I'm talented. To be honest, I grew up in Richfield. My mom still lives in the same house. And I just was a kid in a bedroom sitting there going, what in the heck? <laughs> like, how is this going to work, you know? But I also had dreams and aspirations. And I knew that that was what God had deposited in me from a very young age because I was always brought up in a church environment, even though my home environment wasn't always Christ-like, if that makes sense. Divorced family, struggles. My mom did her best. My dad was absent, and if he was around, it was rough, okay? So again, I'm not here to talk about myself, but there's things that block us from our God connection. Pride, our own pride, just selfishness, right? Um, good Christians just don't want to. <laughs> that's flesh. That's okay. It's, that's hardwired in us. The, the, key, the Bible says to come against that, right? Take every thought captive, right? So, um, so when I'm saying things the Bible says before, I took them more as suggestions, and I would read them more as like, okay, like tools in the toolbox, but not really as a way to live, not truly surrendering to that. And um, so I'm going to continue reading here that uh, as you grow your daily God connection, the promise principle is an amazingly simple process where you can study God's word. And um, I'm going to briefly touch on that now. So on that paragraph right there, and you don't have to take the notes here. you got the link to go right to it if you want to. But you can take notes of what I say if you want. But this, everything I show on the screen will be available on that link. Okay? Um, the Promise Principle um, teaches people how to hear the voice of God through reading the Bible. It calls us to a daily God connection. And he speaks clearly through his word and promises transformation, power, and direction in our everyday lives. So I already read Romans 12 too. So do not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Why? So we can test and approve God's perfect will. But when we test and improve God's perfect will, you know what happens? People around us go, dude, like, I want to talk to you. Like, you're different than the other guys. Like, can we, can we meet? And then you get an opportunity, because God turns the knob in me, to see that fruit, right? It's spilling out of you, you know, versus the other guy that's cussing or constantly complaining or, again, you may not have perfect life. You might have struggles. You probably do. But, if, you're, if what's come out of you is the fruit of the Spirit and God, that's the life God wants for us, that's going to get my attention in this world. This world is struggling. Uh, it's clear it's struggling. It's, this is nothing new, by the way. Uh, we sometimes look at the news and think, oh, the end's coming, and the older I get, the more I think that. And uh, I used to think the old people all said that, and now I'm starting to say that. <laughs> and uh, John Maxwell has a quote that as you get older in life, it's like a roll of toilet paper. The, the older you get, the faster it goes. <laughs> and... Uh, I like that quote. But anyway, um, in, in Romans 12, 2, we're supposed to live changed. That's the compelling reason to, to get God's word in us. And so in, in 2 Peter uh, verses 1, excuse me, 2 Peter chapter 1, excuse me for one second. Can someone look that up? 
2 Peter chapter 1. Verses 3 and 4. Tell me if somebody's got that. Can you read it loud and proud? His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. And through our knowledge of him, who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in this world caused by evil desires. So he's already deposited in us this stuff. It's already there. The key is, is transforming and renewing so that it comes out, right? Yeah. And, um, and so if men don't have a problem with God, or if women don't have a problem with God, and they only read the Bible once a month, is it maybe not an attitude issue? Maybe it's just they don't know what to do. So that's really the heart of the promise principle. And so um, I'm going to read this next statement. Um, uh, the, the old accountability. So anyone engaged in the promise principle experiences what we call new accountability. The old accountability focuses on sin management, confessing your sins, which is helpful because it, it's what, when healing comes. You confess, you get healed, right? But if we come to a group and just constantly talk about our negatives and not actually spend time growing in Christ and talking about what we're going to do to obey what he's saying to us, like, we're just going to perpetuate that, that sin management. So the new accountability focuses on uh, propelling people forward into an, and igniting a passion to seek and hear and obey the voice of God. And this is where freedom in Christ becomes evident in our lives. Um, God can then truly use us to inspire those around us to follow him, which is what I was trying to illustrate there. And um, uh, I want to read one more thing. Um, Christian, avoidable Christian struggles have been tied to um, how often a person read God's Word. And I'm going to show a video here in a second. Um, and if it's, if it's that simple, then why aren't people reading God's Word? Why isn't it a priority for most people who would call themselves Christians? People that pay money to the church. I'm just going to call tithing paying money to the church. Okay, Obeying, returning to God what, what He's asked us to return, right? They're, they're, they're faithful in their giving, they're faithful in their serving, but they're spending zero time in the Word. It sounds easy, but most people don't know how to read God's Word and dissect it to the point where it's simple and they can apply it to their life. And so, who's any good at something they rarely do? I think that answer is no one. Most people aren't born with raw talent. They, they, they feel lost reading God's Word. So they don't pick it up because they don't want to feel more stupid or more disconnected from God because I read it and I just didn't get anything. Now, why would I go back to that and read it again if I keep getting nothing? And, and, and so the reality is, is, could it be a heart posture? Sure, it could be a heart posture. But it's probably more just that they have no plan. They have no direction. And so the Bible says to go and make disciples. And in the Amplified Version, it talks about teach them to learn of me and to understand my word and apply it to their lives and baptize them, yada, yada. Okay? So... So as, who's the ones he's talking to when he said go? Me. You. There wasn't just the disciples or who was in his earshot. I don't know if this is 30 people there or 40 people there. I don't remember. This is right before he ascended. I'm looking at you, Dave. There were a few. Okay. And so uh, I'm not a theologian. I'm not a pastor. I, I run a business. I, I have a job. I, I don't uh, work for the church. I don't, I don't make a dime to do what I do. I just serve God. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm called to be in this one camp of being a man in the world. And my occupation isn't pastoring. My occupation is, is a business. 
but I'm still called to be in the world and be a light for Christ. And I'm, I'm no, and, and the church's job, so the ones in here that are leaders in churches and pastors in churches, your job is to equip the saints. One of the things I love about River Valley is it opens the door to go. There's nothing in my way other than if I was like dangerous, <laughs> right? That would be it. And um, so, so people aren't lost when it comes to God's word. They're just early in the process. The reality is they've never really started. If you're doing it once a month, the average, you're, you're not even started. You haven't even started. And so I'm going to ask you a real quick question. Why is men's ministry so hard? This is an interactive part of our time. Just want to move quickly through this. Why is men's ministry so hard? When you think of men's ministry. I think a lot of guys think they're already self-sufficient. I do think that's, like you said, pride can be one of our biggest barriers. Okay. Good. I love it. Self-sufficient, lone wolves. Mm-hmm. I'm going to move close to you so that the recording can pick it up. Anyone else? What else? Why is men's ministry so difficult? Okay, right? Personality, okay? I don't need the mic. I actually prefer not to have the mic. I love people. I love hanging out. That's why I went and shook everyone's hand. But uh, I, I don't need a mic, right? I want to listen to you, actually. Did you? I, I think, uh, and I don't know about the root, but the, they're, they're in a sense kind of a rugged individualist. Yeah. You know, and, and so maybe all throughout life they've been taught that. Right, a rugged individualist. I like that. Yeah. So, you know, kind of describing Jesus in a way, although he had community around him, right? Yeah. And uh, he was focused on one thing really strong, and that was God, which is what we should be doing, um, or called to. But then we're supposed to call other people to join us. And um, I think one of the reasons, these are all really good reasons, and they're true. Uh, one of the reasons is also that we're just not committed. We'll start, and guys so quickly take the off ramp. So we'll start a book series, and then we'll take the off-ramp when we're done and go back to nothing. Or we'll, we'll the fall launch, and then we get going, and a week or two, and then that's it. We're done. Like, I'm busy. We're not committed. I think that's, to me, what I've seen is when you're committed and you put one foot in front of the other, and what am I committed to in my church is God. God's saying go. Just want to add to that, you know, you're right about that commitment class first started, you have a group like this. Mm-hmm. A month later, you got eight people. But it just tells how committed the man's are. But those who stay are the ones who commit. Right. Yep. And, and the key with leading, leading in, a, in a men's ministry is, will you do it for one or a full room? Will you do it because God said to do it and not worry about the numbers of it? The numbers matter because we need to know that we're making a difference. Like, and, and, and it's not even that. It's more, okay, there's an empty chair or two here. Like, we need to fill these chairs. The Bible illustrates that with the banquet. Let's go out into the street and invite everybody, right? First, it was the connected people, and then they made excuses. And then it was like, ultimately, just anyone. Just like, get them in here. Let's fill this thing, right? And so the doors open, and if we stay committed, other brothers, other women will say, you know what? I'm, I'm convicted, or I'm, I'm encouraged, or I know they have my back, I'm showing up. I'm showing up. And if life happens, there is zero, zero uh, judgment on life happening. You know, your wife's working, your kids are at home, you can't come to group this morning. Not a problem. What have you experienced as what causes them to lack commitment? Lack commitment? 
I think, uh, so the question was, what, what is my experience that uh, causes men to lack commitment? I, don't, I think they're not fully surrendered is number one. They're, they're saved. They're, they got one foot in the pool and they're like, okay, I'm saved. I'm covered. If I die, I'm going to heaven. But like, uh, I'm still testing all these other things. Like I mentioned tithing earlier. Like, I don't know about that. That's a big thing. Or like forgiving my uncle or my brother or my dad or my boss is really irritating me. Or maybe your spouse, right? Um, they're, they're locked up in sin. They're locked up in, in uh, uh, they're not free. They're, they're not surrendered. And, and when I'm not free and I don't feel right, and I come into this group and I look at all of you and I think everybody's got it together and I'm the only one that's struggling, that doesn't make me want to come back, right? And that's not the group's fault. That's, that's in them. That's the enemy deceiving them. But when you can look a brother in the eye and say, I love you for who you are, I don't care what you're going through. This morning in my Promise Principle group that I left early to come here to, there was a brother that literally last Saturday came to our group straight off the street, met another guy at, a, at his kid's nursery or drop-off, the guy uh, got arrested because he, his wife left with the kids and he grabbed her hood to stop her and um, ended up in jail. But he's in our group and he's encouraged and he's trying to like get his life right. And like we love him the same as the guy that's been steady Eddie for 50 years. So um, I, think, I think it really comes down to that you can't help a guy help himself, but you can come beside him and tell him, I believe God can do a miracle in your life. You can do that part, but he, he has to do the surrendering part. He has to show up. I can't go to his house and make him come, right? But we can, if when people know you look him in the eye that you believe God can do anything, and then when you have a testimony that you can share, and when I say a testimony that you can share, I'm not talking about some dark, deep, dark story. I'm talking about what did God do this week to encourage you? That's a testimony. What's God doing to encourage you right now in the small things in your life? Maybe you, you just finally paid off a debt. Maybe you or have, a, have a, a different goal, like you're spending more time with your kids and you're seeing fruit from that. Or maybe it's something with work. Or maybe it's something with, with your physical or health, right? So um, I, think, I think when, when, when we've, has everybody here seen the movie Dumb and Dumber? When we feel like we got a chance, like there's a chance, even though it's one in a million or whatever, like we, and that you'll believe with me, like, I'll show up for that group. Does that make sense? Um, so um, many people also follow, or excuse me, men follow leaders. I believe women too. So when it comes to uh, God-created leadership, um, God created strength. God created confidence. Leaders are born. Excuse me, leaders are not born. They're made. So we got to develop ourselves. Men's ministry is hard, but if you allow God to grow in you, he'll turn the knobs. Last night I was thinking to myself, I was looking at my notes and I was like, I had zero energy. Part of that's because it's Friday night, end of the week, busy time. And I said, Lord, only you. Woke up this morning, invigorated, fired up, ready to go, right? And because I went to bed trusting that he says, I will make a way, right? And so, um, so what is the goal of men's ministry? I kind of touched on it. I'm just going to answer it. It's to make disciples, okay? Mm -hmm. That's the goal. The Bible's really clear about this. Matthew 28, 19. Uh, so what is a disciple? Just curious. What do you guys think a disciple is? This is the interactive part again. <laughs> Speak out loud so I don't have to walk too far. What's a disciple? Let me say it this way. What, what does a disciple look like or act like? He acts like his master. Okay. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> acts like his master. All right. What else? A serious follower of Jesus. Okay. What's serious? 
Okay. What what's the fruit? What does that look like? Pick up your cross daily. Okay. Follow after him. So, okay. I I appreciate the answers. I'm trying to get like, what does that look like? Disciples make disciples. Okay. So like we talked about, the one brother just met him like in Montessori, like, hey, you're a, hey brother in Christ, you're my brother in Christ. How you doing? I'm I'm Daniel. What's your name? And he he meets him, and next thing you know, there's a connection. And next thing you know, he's hey, he's in jail, and he needs someone to talk to, and he had. He was isolated. Now he's not isolated. That's a disciple, right? You gotta count the cost. Count the cost? Yeah, I mean, you just shake his hand. Right. Right. Am I avail a leader a leader is available. Mm-hmm. God would here's a verse for you guys to really under I mean, again, we're way off my notes. In the Bible it says, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Other translations will say allow me to put my yoke on you. Think about that. God doesn't force it on you. He doesn't just appear on you and there it's there. If it was, you wouldn't shake it off. You couldn't shake it off if you put it on you. But if, if you say, Lord, put the yoke on me, which is a directing mechanism, it's to direct you, right? Blinders or a steering mechanism. Now I'm going to walk exactly where I'm supposed to walk, even if it's dangerous, even if it's hard. But also, he says further, I will not allow you to be uh, burdened to the point where it won't, you can't do it. I will, what I'm going to give you will be light and easy. And even the hard work will seem light. And so, so many times we say, well, I can't do that. Again, we're no longer free. We're stuck, in, we're stuck in the, at least in that thought, we're not free. Because if we say, well, I can't, I don't have time. I, I, last night, if I would have said, like, I can't, I'm wiped, I'm tapped, there's nothing. If I didn't have the cross to go to or God to go to to say, Lord, fill me and then trust that he will and go to sleep like a baby, wake up and go, well, there it is. Praise God, you are faithful. Um, I'm blocking his spirit moving in me and then this session is totally different, right? So, um, and by the way, what I'm sharing right now is, is him. It's him flowing through me. So, what is the disciples available? Great point. I'll just say, uh, disciple is fat. Is what? Fat. Okay. Faithful, available, and teachable. Got it. Awesome. So good. Faithful, available, and teachable. Fat. I like that. That's good. Um, so the reality is, is that a disciple, if you were to pick a verse, there's a verse that I think stands out the most for discipleship. And again, this isn't a test. I just love the interaction. I want to make sure we're, we're connecting here. But John 10, 27, and you guys know this verse, My sheep that are my own hear my voice and listen to me. I know them and they follow me. I think it's really key to, to see how that's the amplified version. But the sheep that are my own, Aren't all God's people his? Well, the ones that have come under him are truly his. The ones that haven't yet, and I want to say yet, are the ones that are on their own floundering, not doing well. And so how can we reach a brother in Christ if we are floundering right next to him as a Christian? We can't, and we won't. And so that's called frustration. Our pastor calls it being miserably saved. When I found freedom in Christ, when I fully surrendered, God lit a fire in me. And I just want to say something. If you're in a ministry role of any kind, whether it's your, your employee, pastor, lay leader, if you're in a ministry role, this is going to sound harsh, but if, you, if you're in a ministry role and you're not burning with the desire for the loss and the hurting, 
my brother, his name is Charlie, and our group that showed up. Um, there's two options. There's two options. Um, um, the options are, number one, it's not the right option. Get out. Get out. Get your, you, you're in the wrong spot. If you think that God puts you in a ministry to be lukewarm, that is not the, that's not the gospel. And I'm not talking about being a jerk and being harsh and like that. I'm talking about like where your heart burns for somebody that's hurting. Like they're struggling and they need someone who's going to come beside him. If I don't, who will? So here I am. I will do it. Like, Lord, I got four other meetings. I got emails, but you're going to make a way. Hey, I'm Derek, you know, and pretty soon there's a connection. And it's nothing forced. God's in that verse of the, the, the yoke is easy and my burden is light. It says, let me put my unforced... Rhythms of grace on you. That's another translation. Wow. My unforced rhythms of grace is so good. And so the other option is to surrender to God and, and, and repent and say, Lord, re- reinvigorate me. He promises that when we surrender to him, he fills us with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And instead of self-control, I like saying another version I just read the other day. It's called strength of spirit. Wow. Self-control is strength of spirit. I like that. So I'm standing on the shoulders of men that have gone before me and men that have prayed with me, people that have have walked with me, people that have forgiven me, people that have said, I'm with you. My wife was the the biggest cheerleader of me. Um, And so, um, by the way, if you'd like to hear my testimony, you can text me and I'll share it with you. I have an actual video link that I can share to you. I shared it at our men's breakfast a number of years ago. My phone number is 952-239-2777. 952-239-2777. Again, that's not about Derek. It's about what God's doing. If you need encouragement, it's a very encouraging message. Okay. Um, um, God helped us build a vibrant men's ministry at River Valley simply because somebody was looking around saying, what could be? There's, it's, when you find freedom and you start looking around and realize the statistics that most people are struggling, like not a little, like a lot. Um, there's something we need to do. We've got to step out. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your position. Um, I'm a lawn service professional. <laughs> That's what I do. Like we, our company does, takes care of properties, landscape maintenance and lawn maintenance. And so um, I'm not a pastor. And God has made that really clear with me. You are a pastor. You're just not an occupational pastor and you're not theologically a pastor. You're not credentialed. But you are my man and you're a mighty man. Let's go. And so... Um, uh, it, the church most likely that you work in, if, if it doesn't have a vibrant men's ministry, wants one, needs one. And so the door's open. If you went to your pastor and said, hey, I want to maybe start this idea, what do you think? They're probably going to say, they're probably going to say, hey, let's go. Let's do it. Um, because nothing's better than something, right? And nothing's not an answer. It's just not an answer. So, um, so the door's open. And, and some people would say, and I'm, this is just for maybe a, a rare, maybe even one person in this room, they would say that, they're, they're not free. They're damaged. They're, the water's too, too much water's passed under the bridge and too much destruction, too much you don't know my past. And the reality is, is that um, this is what God says about that. Uh, you would say that I'm not worthy to receive such a gift. But I would say this, who told you that? Not God. Not God. Actually, you were never consulted because your view of yourself is not part of this decision. Okay? God has declared you are worthy. This is the business of God. Rescuing and redeeming people to spend eternity in heaven together. 
And you're like, Derek, are you going to get into the promise principle? But here's the thing we're trying to get into. We're trying to get into the importance of look at our society and understand the, the statistics. If kids come to Christ, there's like a 3.7% chance that the family's going to get saved. It's on your tables. 3.5. If the wife gets saved first, 17% chance. It goes up a little bit. And then ultimately if the dad gets saved, the man of the house gets saved, 93%. Those are really good odds. If you're a baseball player, that's amazing. Right? Um, a hockey goalie saving 93% of the shots is amazing. Right? So... Um, so uh, the bottom line for me today is to just really get into now the, 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 the promise principle, nuts and bolts, and how to start. And so what I want to talk about is just really simple, simple uh, things. So God prompted me to start. So the first step in starting uh, to grow a men's ministry is just to start and um, just lead. And the first step might be to attend a group. I think some people need to be in a group for a while. They've got to grow. They can't just necessarily lead if they don't know what to do or what to say. They don't feel confident themselves. We'll build some confidence. I remember getting myself free, excuse me, surrendering to God and finding freedom, be giving the gift of freedom, and then just joining a Promise Principle group. And then it wasn't long after, God lit a fire in me. And he said, Derek, I want you to start a group. And I said, when? He says, I'll tap you. Just know that I want you to start one. And I'm like, okay. So it's more of the progression of are you obedient to him? Are you following him? And then as you start a group, can you find one person to join you? One person. And say, would you join me? Would you? This is what I'm thinking. Are you? Would you pray about doing that with me? And then, if the answer is affirmative, then would you? What, what day works for you? What time? What day? Could that? Could, would you commit to a weekly group? And then, obviously, pick the format. And I'm talking today about the promise principle. But, and then when we have just the two of us, you know what will happen? If no one shows up, we still have a group. We still we'll do it. We're committed to each other. And it might get boring. My first group, I. I started with my neighbor and friend, Jim. Uh, nobody came for a long time. And I remember thinking, like, let's just go back to the previous group. There was 14 guys. It was all vibrant. I'm sick of you, and you're sick of me. Like, uh, let's get some, some color. And he said, no, God told us to do this. Let's do this. Brothers sharpening brothers, right? And then a couple weeks later, nobody's still there. Jim says, maybe we should go back to the other group. And I said, no, remember what you said? You said no. And you know, we're sharpening each other. We're helping each other. So the, the key is don't quit. I think, I think the key is God prompts you, you obey. You invite people. You, if you have a church website, you can use that as a mechanism to get people to come to your group. Certainly people will come that way. They will. It happens all the time with us. But the most common way is, uh, what's your name? Uh, Yen. Yen? Yen. I'm Derek. Nice to meet you. Nice meeting you. Are you connected in a men? Just let's just play along real quick. Are you in a men's group right now? Just say no. Just say I, no. I will say yes. Okay, but just for this purpose, say no. <laughs> oh. We're just going to pretend for a minute. Are you in a men's group at River Valley? Let's just pretend you were at River Valley Church. We're together at the church. Maybe you came up for prayer, and I'm on prayer team. Okay, and we pray for your need, and then we say, "Hey, are you connected at the church?" And just say no to me. Say, say no. Okay. So thank you. <laughs> He's doing good. And, and then I say, tell you what, I don't want to force anything on you, but I want you to know there's a community here of men. If you want to jump in, I'd be happy to give you my phone number, and I just want you to know you're invited. How's, it, how's that sound? That sounds great. That sounds good. Notice I didn't say, so here's my number. Mm-hmm. I just left it with you. And if, if, if you don't want to like, take the time and the effort to say, hey, Derek, like it's not in him to like, that fire wasn't in him, Sometimes guys will come because they feel forced and they come once or twice. They're not ready. 
they don't come back. That's another reason why they don't keep coming back. I don't want to force my, Jesus doesn't do that. But I will want, I'll tee it up. So I said, I'm available. There's a community here. I've defined that you're not in it. Like, it's amazing. I'd love for you to be a part of it. No obligation. I have a group. If you want my number, I'm happy to give it to you. And if he says, hey, thank you, no problem, I'm not called to chase him at that moment. We're not in, like, relationship in that moment. Does that make sense? Now, if he's my brother in Christ and he's in my group and he's not coming and he doesn't show up, that's a different story, right? Because he's, he's told me, I need this. I want to grow in this. So i got to chase after him, right? Um, so I think inviting people is really key. And I know this stuff is really basic, you guys. It really is. I get it. Uh, so you pastors in here are probably like, okay, get on with this. But, but the reality is, is that I'm telling this because this is what goes through the mind of the regular guy. And um, uh, so the other thing is just share your heart, just like I'm doing right now. Don't quit. Repeat. Start over. Go, you know, serve in church. You want to meet people and get people connected? Serve in church. We've got to be the hands and feet. Uh, another thing is to have a vision. Be on mission with your church. Submit to your church leadership. Are you, are you part of your church because you just want, to, want a, a platform? Are you part of your church because you truly honor the leaders in your church? If you're not honoring the leaders in your church, I would again say repent or leave. And if leaving's not doesn't sound so good, then repent. Because <laughs> God's put you there and you're called to honor your pastors, even if you don't agree with the shirt they're wearing or the volume or the carpet and small dumb things like that that Satan uses to distract us, right? Am I, am I meddling a little bit? Sorry. It's true though. It's true, right? So, so be on mission. Submit to your leadership. Watch God illuminate your steps if you do that. He's not going to illuminate your steps if you're not submitted and you're bitter and you're spreading disunity, right? Um, God has you there for a reason, and the enemy's goal is to point out the flaws and get you sidetracked. It's not about you. It's about God using you. So connect with your church. If your pastors do, by the odd chance, not get behind you, go anyway. And that's not disrespectful to them, meaning like, I shared my idea with the pastor, but he didn't respond the way I wanted him to, so I'm just not going to do it, I guess. Well, hold on. <laughs> you shared it with him, but who's doing it? You or him? You are, so go do it. Did he say not to? No. Okay, then go do it. And if you want to clarify that, say, hey, pastor, is this okay if I do this? I just want to, sorry to circle back, I know you're busy, but can I do this? Yes. Um, sometimes we share an idea in a lobby and they've gotten 14 or 15 ideas shared to a pastor in a lobby and they can't even digest it all. They can't come with you on it. They just can't. They don't have the margin for it. And um, so people then take distill that down to an idea that maybe the pastor doesn't want to do it. And that's, again, the enemy. Who authored the plan? God did. So have a vision and follow it. The other thing is to engage others, as I've said before. So the third point, engage others. Invite, 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 invite. Don't worry about the number in your group. Worry about the growth in your group. And always be asking everyone to be praying about one more. Another guy to join. And here's another one more thought. One more step yourself. Like, again, if we're truly trying to be attractive as a Christian, I'm gonna, when I meet you and I, you tell me about Jesus and we get to build a relationship in a year, you're not going to be the same if you're continuing to do that. And then I'm not going to be the same either. And I'm going to see that growth in you. But if you stall... That might, that might affect me, right? And I'm not saying you have control over me, but it might affect me in the sense of like, well, he's, he's dabbling in sin and he's, he's doing fine. 
So I'm, I'm going to dabble in my sin. It's a little different than yours, but like I'm going to dabble in sin and not follow God. You see how that goes? Like we're supposed to engage and then be in a, a position, not perfect, but being perfected, right? We're, we're growing in Christ, more of him, less of me. So keep it simple, guys. The promise principle is so simple. We read a chapter a week, a week, one chapter, over and over and over. The goal is to get men that read nothing to read it once a day. To go from zero to once a day. And I'm going to close here in just a second. We're going to take questions and let, let the guys that want to leave, leave, and then we're going to take some questions. But rinse and repeat. Who's seen the miracle movie with Herb Brooks? Anybody? Hockey movie. There's a famous scene where he has them run Herbies, or not run, skate Herbies, and they're puking and they can't even move their legs anymore. And this was a team of, of just a mix of college students that, um, you know, Wisconsin, Boston, Minnesota, and um, other, other areas, and basically they weren't, on, they weren't united. And he wanted to break them down, and he got them to the point where they were puking. And finally the captain said, I play for the, team, the United States of America, because they were fighting over, like, I'm, I'm a badger and you're a gopher, and we, like, we normally battle against each other. We're not on the same team. And they couldn't gel, and he's like, if we can't, beat the, if we can't gel, there's no way we're going to beat the Russians. <laughs> and so he used physical breakdown to cause them to surrender. So I think promise principle is like a surrender on the front. You want me to read this, the same chapter seven times before I come to group, for real? Yep. Can you, could you come under that? Surrender. I, mean, I don't say that to people, but that's what it is. How about this? When we come to group, we read the chapter one more time out loud. We first open in prayer, then we read the chapter out loud one more time. We go verse by verse around the room until we get through the chapter. This, today's chapter was 16 verses only. So I had 16 guys in my group. It was perfect. It was kind of cool. But uh, um, the, uh, there's some days with chapter 60 verses, and you're going around a few times, you know. And then, and then we open the floor to share. What has God put on your heart in this chapter for this week? And if you've read it once, I'm thankful you're here. If you just read it just now, I'm thankful you're here. And if you can get something out of this and then grow from there, that's, that's what the transforming life's all about, right? We've got to meet people where they're at. And when we share our promise principle, we're sharing a promise, a truth, or a command. And on this website right here, there is a, uh, a link that talks about promise, truth, command in, in depth. There's, there's action steps for each one. It's not technical. If you went to this page and read everything from top to bottom, including watching this two-minute video, which I'm going to play in a second, this will take you 20 minutes to understand the basic premise of the promise principle. There's a leader page you can go to to understand, like, okay, how do I lead this? Like, what are the mechanics? We tried to tee this up, make it simple, so people can go. God said, take the handcuffs off, launch, put it out there, make it available. Um, uh, and then, ultimately, guys, you've got to pace yourself for the long haul. We've got to pace ourselves for the long haul. Jesus would have, if he didn't allow God to put a yoke on him and order his steps, he would have burned out. If we've burned out, we've probably taken on too much, meaning we didn't follow God's will. God promises, I will not burn you out. If you obey me, I won't burn you out. And you're like, but I don't have time, dude. I don't, I don't have, I'm not available. Like, I have kids. Okay, if God has called you to call that brother and you have kids, two options. You can disobey or you can obey, right? The other thing is that if you don't have margin in your life, could you take a, just a quick look at your life and say, where can I fix some margin in my life? Where can I tighten some things up so I can be more available for that guy when he needs me? That's not condemnation, guys. That's opportunity, right? And God will rewire that in you. He'll show you. I'm not eating certain foods right now because God's told me to. And I'm not saying like in a weird way. I mean like he says something's wrong. 
get your body right because I don't feel right. And I'm starting to feel way better all of a sudden. I'm down 16, 17 pounds as of yesterday. But that's something that came out of me reading God's word. Like Derek, he's meddling in my life. Too much sugar, buddy. Too much carbs. It's too much. And, and by the way, it's a very difficult thing to get a hold of. Very difficult. So I say that, not lightly. But pace yourself for the long haul. We got a, we got a race to run. We got a race to run. And we got to get through this. And um, God will author our steps. He's going to make a way. Um, I wanted to play this video a little bit earlier, and I missed it in my notes. I'm going to play it right now, if that's all right. It's two minutes, and then we're going to close, and then we'll just open it to questions for those that want to stay. This video is on the Promise Principle page, and it talks about the importance of, of being in the Word and the effects of being in the Word on a daily basis. There was a recent study by the Center for Bible Engagement where they polled 40,000 uh, general population in the U.S. from 8 to 80. Recent study by the Center for Bible Engagement where they polled 40,000 uh, uh, general population in the U.S. from 8 to 80. And they just wanted to see how we are engaging with Scripture. Right. And they discovered something that actually became kind of the profound discovery of the entire study. It, they weren't even looking for this, and this is kind of became the highlight of the study. Right. Um, when we're in the scripture one time a week, and that could be church on Sunday, that's pastor saying you open your Bible, we hear the message, one time a week had negligible effect on some key areas of your life. So I'm going to spell that out more here in a moment. Two times a week, negligible effect. Now at three times a week, there was a blip on the map, like there was a heartbeat. Something happened, again, a heartbeat. But here was a profound discovery. When we're in the scripture four times a week, it literally spikes off the chart. You would expect that it'd be one, two, three. I mean, there'd be a gradual incline on the effect and impact that would have in your life. But it was literally one, two, three, four. Something radically happens. Okay, you got my curiosity. To this what, extent. What kind of behavior is being affected? Feeling lonely drops 30%. Wow. Ang four times a week in the Bible. Four times a week in the Bible. Okay. Anger issues dropped 32%. Uh, bitterness in relationships, marriage, a relationship with your kids, and so on, drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant. You know, if there was one area when I'm talking with people that, that they'll be honest about is they just feel spiritually stagnant. Ask them the question, how much time are you spending in the scripture? If they're in the scripture four times a week or more, it drops 60%. Wow. Viewing pornography drops 61%. That's very important. Now, on a flip positive side, sharing your faith wow. jumps 200%. Wow. Because you have a confidence in God's word. And then discipling others jumps 230%. That's, that's amazing right there. So, so the reality, guys, is it's not that people don't want to. It's they don't know what to. They don't know how to. So if we can get people buried in God's word even in one verse, and marinating on the concept of what is it you're speaking to me, Lord, and then doing it, they're going to transform. And when they do that, they're going to have confidence to help the mission of the church, the big C, to go and make disciples. And so I want to say thank you. Again, I said it before, invite, invite, set it, raise a flag, invite, invite, show up anyway, invite, and you're going to have guys that are frustrating you. How many times has Jesus been frustrated with you? Right? <laughs> right? So, many. Forgive, forgive me, Father, 
invite, show up, invite, show up, invite, show up, grow in Christ, let's just go. And, and honestly, it's so simple. It's, it's funny how this we didn't know about this before, and maybe we did, it just wasn't packaged this way. So thanks for listening. If you guys want to stay, I'll, I'll, those want to get up and leave can leave, and otherwise I'll stick around and answer questions. Questions from the crowd. Um, what's, what's next in men's ministry? Why don't you grab this card off your table, please? There's some more on the way back. So, guys, a lot here for you for the rest of the year. One change to make is in the month of June, we have our best practices leadership luncheon. That will be on June 17th and not on the 16th. Here at Cedar Valley Church on June 17th. Vince Miller will be coming to speak to us, guys. You don't want to miss him. So bring guys from your church, June, Friday, June 17th, here at Cedar Valley Church. There's always information at uh, mnaog.org. Or my name, my cell phone number, my email is at the bottom of the card. So reach out anytime. And uh, Derek, fantastic job. Thank you. I think when God gave uh, gifts to men, <laughs> he gave you like an extra dose. <laughs> Because you are sharp, you're motivated, and I count you as a, a great brother in the yeah. Lord. So thank you so much. Yeah. Praise Thanks God. Thanks for sharing your time and your talents you. with us. Yep. Guys, if you want to catch one more men's breakout at 11.15, Mike Sir will be speaking on the call to lead, room 299. So up these steps, two flights of steps, go down the hall, and about uh, halfway to your right is room 299, second level of the church. Yep. So Derek, you want to field some questions, and then if you yeah. need to go, uh, yep. please don't want to linger. We have this room till about five after eleven. Yeah, thank you. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank yeah. you. By the way, if you guys aren't jewelry wearers, <laughs> you can put it on your nightstand and pray for one more. You pray for a brother to join you, right? You don't have to wear it. So, anybody have any questions? This is fun. I could do it for another couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> I think something I experienced, and this is maybe just my area, my neck of the woods, but a lot of guys are concerned that they join in and they start attending a regular men's study at a time where they get together, that this is going to be a hyper-emotional kind of thing, and like it's a very feminine something or other. Yep. It's the accusation. I'm not saying right. it's true. It's the accusation. It is true. And uh, they... There was guys crying this morning in my group, yeah. including me. And so I don't like to cloak and dagger people. Yeah. I want them to know, yeah. yes. And, I'm, and we're, not, we're not uncomfortable with that. It's not weird right. for us. We're comfortable with that. How do you help people um, that do genuinely know this is the right place for me to be, I want to be there, but they are probably so vulnerable on the inside that they're actually afraid to show up mm -hmm. because of those things? How do you help people make that that first connection because when you can get them in the door sometimes it it's comfortable now they've done it i think i think some and i think it's a great question uh you know, like think of charlie this morning who's extremely raw you know he he didn't mean to I, I know another guy that pushed his wife out of the bedroom and locked the door and he didn't get arrested this guy just grabbed her hood to stop her from taking his son and now she has a protective order against him yeah. like like i don't understand the laws i understand the, the careful of our law enforcement in those circumstances. I'm not saying Charlie's innocent. He shouldn't have touched her. Okay. Mm -hmm. Also, back up five years, you should be growing in Christ with your wife yeah. and not be in this moment. And he admitted that this morning in front of all the guys in tears. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's a surrendered heart, right? Yeah. He's repenting to people he doesn't even know. The guy that's not ready isn't obligated to go there. Mm -hmm. 
I always tell guys, especially if I know their story, like do not share your story until you're ready and do not share your whole story. When I shared my testimony, the, the phone number to share my testimony, that's the PG version. Okay. No, people don't need to know all every detail, right? It probably, probably can't handle it. And to your point, like we're in a group and we're just sharing like, like, yeah, I'm going to lose some weight. And you're like, <laughs> life's falling apart, you know, or whatever. And it's, it's like, whoa. But I would hope and pray, as I said earlier, that our heart is breaking for that guy. Everybody in the group, no matter where they're at, the seasoned veteran Christian that's lived it for 50 years, or the guy that's like me, six years into this journey of freedom, and, and just saying, okay, Lord, I want to just live for you now. It's no more for me. And, and the other thing is I think God cares about these men way more than we do. And he will make a way to put that guy in the right place. And what I always tell guys is like, you don't have to join my group. Go online and look at the, the options. In our church, we have a website where you can see the small groups. There's over 20 groups to choose from. Pick one that works for you. You're invited to mine if you need a personal connection. And that's, and I, I don't really, I, I feel like God will work all that stuff out, you know, and if the promise principle groups, though, are turning sideways and are not getting through the actual promise principle flow, the leader's job is to keep it on. It's like I'm in a Thursday morning group, 6.30 a.m. We're done at 7.30, out the door, okay? Because it's a work day, right? Saturday morning, we go along on purpose. And guess what? People can go. They can leave anytime they want. But, but to answer your question, um, so in, in a Thursday morning when a guy's raw, sometimes we will pause. If he needs 20 minutes that day out of our process, we, we use group me to post our promise principle if we can attend the group to stay accountable. We post what we would have shared in group. So you're accountable even when you're not there. There's a mechanism for that. It's in the leader part of the website here. But the point is, is like, what would Jesus do? Would he say, hey, psh, we got to do the promise principle? Or would he say, okay, guys, this is a Holy Spirit moment. We're going to lean in. Now, I've had guys cussing in the group. They're mad about their spouse and this. And I'm like, hey, hey, can we meet after group? Like, I get it. You're mad. You're angry. Can we talk? Like, right after group, I'll meet with you. Like, so it depends on the circumstance, right? So does that, make, does that answer your question? or Did it? Okay. Do you want to talk more about it? Maybe. Okay. Maybe we'll talk after. Okay, I'm open to that. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Promise principle is to go wherever it is God's telling you to, to go. So it, it can be raw and it can be... And again, if the group's six guys, you're going to get through an hour group a lot easier than a, guy, a group that's, like this morning, 16. We had the conversation, do we split? Half the guys go over here and half the guys go over here. We do that a lot. Otherwise, it goes too long, right? These are not problems that are really big. They're not barriers at all. Did you, you have uh, the book of Ephesians and the book of James here? Is that any particular reason you picked those books? This sheet uh, Mark brought, so I'd have to look at which references you're talking about. He's right. How, how does it work? And then it says, pick books to read, and you, you know, you share it to read the whole chapter. It's on the back. Right? I was just, number two. I was yeah, he's just giving an example. Yeah, okay. So on, on this web page right here on the, on the computer, um, if you scroll down to the bottom, there's our reading plan right now, this week and next week for, for what we're doing. Here's our annual reading plan right, right in the, on the bottom there. This is the plan, vision, dream defined, which is a mechanism and promise that we do every six to seven weeks. Here's the promise, truth, command defined. Why is that important? This is really key to the promise principle. How to find a group and if you want to lead a group. So it's really simple mechanics. 
But we, we, we set out a whole year plan and then we communicate it to the guys in advance. We do this in the summer and then we have it ready by fall by, so the church can get it online by December. So it's not like one of these things we think about December 31st. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so the key is with God's word being the mechanism instead of like a book study, it doesn't end. It's just starting where you're going to go next year, you know? And if you want, I could click on it, but I don't think you could do this on your own too. Did I answer your question? Okay. Any other questions? Yeah. I could reformulate kind of what I was getting at. Sure. How do you, like if we were to interact this, how do you go to somebody and advertise it to them? Like, hey, I think this is a healthy thing for you. How how do you talk to people? Assuming these are people that you um, maybe don't know yet or do know. Are are you only inviting people that you have a personal connection with? Is that really as far as it goes? Or is it... So the, the church itself, when we have announcements from the stage, will yeah. weave in moments where we can talk about men's ministry. There's lots of programming things in, to talk about in a church. I wish they could talk about it every week. That's my heart. But uh, I know that we're not the only ministry. But So there's the high-level covering. But just on a grass level of just guys, um, just praying for one more, God will open the door. And the other thing is, so my wife and I are marriage mentors. So if you're coming into a marriage mentoring situation, there's probably some dysfunctional behaviors that are causing the marriage issues, whether they're large or small. And one of the biggest and most common dysfunctional behaviors is they're not in God's word. We define that immediately, Mm -hmm. immediately. And then they're invited to a promise principle group. And again, mine or anyone, because we're already going to be face to face every week for the next eight to 12 weeks anyway. But generally what happens is they come because they feel love. They feel, because we cry with them. Like we're, it's a privilege to sit with them and that God trusts us to actually lean in with them. And we share our story and we tell them that God can do anything and we believe it. And when you, when you act that way, people will come with you. So, so to, to answer your question, like if I meet a guy in the lobby, like we were trying to illustrate here, yeah. um, you know, or that was a prayer, like he came up for prayer. Sometimes I'm like, like, uh, you know, so what's your involvement in the church? You know, are you, have you been engaged? Are you interested in being engaged? And if you are, then let me tell you about the options. We have purity ministry. We have promise principle. We have other small groups. We have serve teams that you can get involved in to, to meet people. So Rob, I think serve teams are one of the best places to grow in your faith because you'll find someone to sharpen you or you'll be sharpened by them. Or excuse me, you can sharpen them. And I think also you realize that you're not the only crazy, loose, loosey-goosey person around. Because we're all in process, right? You start volunteering with people and, the, you know, just you get to know people. And you realize you stink just as like that guy, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, so again, I, might, I don't know if I'm answering your question 100%. I just, I think it really comes down to relationship. You know, I've had neighbors come to the group. Like, you just, your neighbors first. God, God flips the switch when to invite right in a church environment it's very direct like hey are you you, we just prayed for you we prayed for your marriage like are you connected at all here at the church that's an easy question there right if i'm at the grocery store and i just meet you i have to i have to know that i heard the holy spirit say hey i know this is going to be weird like i don't know you but like i just want you to know like god god whatever you're dealing with god is going to solve that and i just want you to know I'm going to start crying even thinking about it. I'm not even making it up. Like, if you need someone to talk to you, I want you to know I'm available. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Thank you guys for coming.